Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. Before we get started here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, let me tell you about Football Insider, our text subscriber service where me, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Alice Williams will text you with the latest on the Browns news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. You can text us back and we respond directly to you cutting through the clutter of social media. You also get opportunities to get involved in this podcast and participate in roundtables and other events for our subscribers. It's like a little club and you want to get involved with this club. You even get a newsletter every day. It's got exclusive content you either won't see on cleveland.com or you'll see before anyone else. You know what though? Don't let me tell you about it. How about if you hear from some of our subscribers as to why they love Football Insider? I, I don't know why any Browns fan would not want to have this. It's great. There's something every day. I mean, it's really, really keep, keeps me in touch with uh, the Browns. The daily newsletter that y'all put out there, I, I really like that. It's got a lot of links, a lot of different read-ups. I, I mean, just, you know, you get a lot of content. That's why I like it. If I'm at work or something and I need a quick break, I can hit that up and say, oh, and in a minute I can read uh, what you wrote and, uh, you know, see maybe that there's further information in, you know, one of your other articles or something like that. I get excited when I see, you know, my little text messages pop up. <laughs> so if you want to join us, you can start a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. It's $3.99 per month after the trial. Or even easier, since it is a text service, pick up your phone and text 216 208 3965 to get signed up. Again, to start your 14-day free trial, text 216-208-3965. Hey everybody, welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby, joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing really well today. How are you doing? Doing well, and uh, Ellis Williams joining us as well. Ellis, how are you? I'm cool, man. Realized today that uh, we're going to get, I'm late to this. I'm probably other people are well aware, but Friday night lights, the Browns in the scrimmage and the, you know, just that 7 PM start time. Uh, I'm sure brings back memories for everyone. So I'm looking forward to that. There's nothing like a, uh, you know, we thought we were free of these, but uh, Mary Kay, you can attest to this. Those late start times for preseason games, like eight o'clock, seven 30, scrambling to write about preseason games. Uh, no fun. So we get a little feel of that this year. Uh, on that seven o'clock start for the scrimmage on Friday. Uh, and of course, shortly after that, the Browns are going to have to make some roster decisions. We've been talking through those as we go along. And today we're going to look at the offensive side of the ball. If you miss the defensive side, go check out your podcast feeds and catch up on that. We're doing two positions a day. So today we're going to talk about wide receiver, which I think is probably the most intriguing uh, position or one of the most intriguing positions if you're trying to figure out who's going to make it and who isn't. We're going to spend a little time on a position that's the exact opposite, running back. There's not a ton to figure out there, but we're going to we're going to find some stuff that we can talk through at running back as well. Let's get right to it. Wide receiver. We know about Odell Beckham. We know about Jarvis Landry. Really, though, Mary Kay behind that, it gets a little bit murky. And you even asked Kevin Stefanski about that today uh, when he was available via Zoom. That's a really tough position to figure out. Yeah, it really is. And I think Chad O'Shea, the passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach, uh, really emphasized that last week when we talked to him, just how big of a competition it is, even for that third wide receiver spot. Uh, you know, right now you're talking about Kaderil Hodge, Richard Higgins, Damian Ratley for those number, for that number three receiver position. And then you have to figure out 
who makes the team as a returner? Do you count him as a receiver or do you throw him over into uh, Mike Prefer's realm and let him have a couple of guys of, of his own? So, you know, you've got uh, guys like Jojo Natson that, that fall into that category. So there's, there's a lot to kind of factor in here. And I think they have to keep more than, than five receivers, especially because Jarvis Landry is coming off of a surgery and we don't know how healthy he's going to be at the beginning of the season. So I think you have to keep at least six and then you have to, uh, you know, think about the possibility of maybe even another one that just goes as a return man. Yeah, Ellis, I mean, this is the numbers game. You're, you're trying to figure out how many you want to keep here, how many you want to keep there, who you can keep, who you can sneak onto a practice squad maybe. I'm not jealous of Andrew Barry and, and Kevin Stefanski and the meetings they're going to have to have after that scrimmage on Friday. Yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough call. And you could tell this was going to be difficult for a while, uh, specifically in training camp, when you notice how many different receivers they were rolling in uh, with the first team. Because, again, Mary Carey said it, Jarvis has been – really controlled and dealing with an injury. And then Odell's Odell. He's only going to participate in so many things. So um, at first I'm surprised to see, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones catching balls from Baker or uh, Nats and getting a, a wide receiver rever reverse, but then it makes sense. They, they've got to really give these guys opportunity and figure this out because the number three receiver is going to be catching balls from Baker Mayfield. And I found it really interesting when uh, I know it was last week, but when uh, Alex Van Pelt really just raved about Richard Higgins and you know then he did go out and have a couple pretty good practices but I hadn't noticed a lot from Richard before that and then it's almost like Van Pelt predicted the future and then Higgins goes out there and makes some plays so it's a tough uh situation to figure out I I, I don't think it's a problem necessarily because they have a lot of capable guys obviously with Peoples Jones and Higgins being the most intriguing but Cordero Hodges look good he made that big play in Cincinnati a year ago too so it's, it's a good problem to have probably in talking with uh, special teams coordinator Mike Griefer today. He's clearly uh, pleased with his options in the return game. But, Dan, you nailed it. It's going to be a tough decision, and they're going to probably be up against the clock with how late the scrimmage is and how late that night's going to be in general. Okay, so let's talk about Rashard Higgins. Where, where are we with Rashard Higgins? Uh, you know, is, is he a guy that we think is that third receiver? Is he on the roster bubble? Is it? guaranteed he's going to make the roster, but maybe he's not the number three guy. Mary Kay, where are you with Rashard? There's a lot of ways we could go there. You know what? I think he's going to make the roster. And I think Alex Van Pelt really does like him a lot. We know that Baker likes him. And we know that he he's, has a nose for the end zone. He is good in the red zone. He really is. He can score the football. And you need guys that can do that. So I think he's going to make the team. But I also think that he's almost neck and neck right now uh, with Kaderil Hodge. And then Damian Rantley hasn't even really had a chance to climb into the competition yet because he missed most of camp with a groin injury. So I think those three guys are really bunched up there. And I think this is kind of a big week for all those three guys. And I also think Friday night, even though it's really just a scrimmage, uh, that also is kind of an opportunity for one of those guys to shine and to stand out. But it, it's, it almost seems like Kaderil Hodge leapfrogged over Richard, and he was and kind of has been the third out wide out after you know when they go to three wides right now and that's how it looked at the stadium the other night so was that just his chance will they give Richard that chance in this next scrimmage will Damian Ratley it's the big mystery everybody has to tune in for and, and Ellis I thought it was very interesting that um, coming out of the, you know, when Kaderil Hodge missed some time for personal reasons, when he came back, he was right back out there with the first team. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, now, may, you know, maybe that's part of out, of out of respect. You know, he didn't do anything to lose his position, but sometimes, you know, guys do kind of step up and, and you mix it up a little bit. But Hodge hit the ground running with those first teamers and, and that hasn't really changed. Yeah, and it's not a good sign for Richard Higgins. Mary Kay, I agree with you. I think Higgins makes the team both based on his red zone ability. Uh, you think of a guy like O'Shea coming from New England, they're going to – they have they, he sees the red zone in a way that the team desperately missed last year. This team is I, – I expect them to be better in the red zone, and they just need to be, quite frankly. And that's exactly what Higgins brings. But – the issue with Richard and he needs to be really careful here. And, and Friday is a huge night for Richard. It's just, it's going to be a huge night because he doesn't play specials and that makes it, it almost double as hard to make a roster because there's only so many spots and the guys that can do both are at extra value. And it's not just Higgins making this roster. We're now talking about Higgins place in this league. And that might be a rabbit hole. We don't need to go down right now, but again, guys that don't play specials, in our fringe wide receiver fours, there's just not really much room for them on NFL rosters. So Friday night's going to be huge for Richard, and it wouldn't surprise me if he shows out and we, we see the red carpet come out because that tends to be what he does. Well, and, and maybe a lot of this hinges on a guy like JoJo Natson. We talked to him today, and you mentioned that special teams thing, Ellis. So on the one hand, Kadero Hodge is a guy who we know can play special teams. Uh, he, he can be a gunner. He, he can do a lot of things for you on special teams. And he can be an effective receiver, uh, at least effective enough for what you need to do. Uh, Jojo Natson can be your return guy, but we've never seen him actually do it as a receiver. Now, you know, I asked him and a couple other folks asked him today about you know, getting opportunities to play receiver, and he has been getting out there with some opportunities. But again, we've still never seen him do it. So, if you're keeping JoJo Nats in to return kicks, you, you kind of take away some opportunities for a guy that might be a little more one-dimensional, like a, a Higgins, or you know, if we want to go a different direction, somebody else. Like, a, you know, I think Damian Ratley could probably play special teams. I think we've seen him do it. Uh, but some of those guys that maybe can't do both, it, it hurts them if you got to keep Jojo Natson as, as a kick returner. Yeah, and then and you've got Donovan Peoples-Jones that can do that for you. So they kind of have to decide if they can keep both Jojo Natson and Donovan Peoples-Jones. And if they do that and, and look at those guys primarily as their returners, uh, you know, then what does that mean for uh, the back end of the receiver room? Again, yeah. when it comes to a, a Damian Ratley, a Kadero Hodge, or Richard Higgins. I mean, can you keep all of those guys? And, um, you know, maybe you can in the beginning, maybe time is on their side in the beginning. Uh, you err on the side of a few more receivers until you wait and see what's going on with Jarvis. The other thing to consider here is, like we've said with all of these positions, they are going to look very, very heavily at the waiver wire on Saturday. So some of these guys that, are, that make the team on Saturday are not going to be on the team on Sunday. So once again, it's not the final 53, it's the initial 53. Yeah, that's, that's what you always have to keep in mind. And, you know, Ellis, speaking of Peoples-Jones, that's a guy that you would have to think they're, they're not going to want to cut him. I mean, they drafted him. Every now and again, you see a draft pick, especially a late round pick get cut. But there's a reason you brought him in and, and you want him to be a part of your team. And I also think he'd be hard uh, to sneak through to the practice squad as well. So somebody would likely claim him off of waivers if you tried to do that. 
Right. That's just not going to be worth the risk. And a lot of that comes back to how deep this wide receiver class was, the rookie class, that being. Uh, I think of a – I had a fantasy football draft a couple of days ago, and a guy like K.J. Hill, of course, Buckeye fans listening to this understand, uh, seventh-round pick of this – almost said San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. And he has a chance to, you know, be a number two or number three receiver there already. So it's, it's less about where the Browns found Donald Peoples-Jones. It's much more about how deep that class was. And then, as Mary Kay mentioned, his ability as both a returner and a receiver makes him a lot more valuable, quite frankly, on cut day than a guy like Richard Higgins, where Higgins, again, I know I keep beating the drum on this, but what makes the Higgins situation so fascinating and difficult is if, a, if Jarvis Landry misses time, now all of a sudden Richard Higgins becomes a pretty valuable asset. He, he can line up beside Odell Beckham Jr. and make plays for this offense. But when assuming full health of this wide receiver depth chart, when that number two spot isn't available because of how little 11 personnel we're expecting this team to run, now all of a sudden Higgins chances don't look that good. So again, Friday night's going to be huge. And quite frankly, the, the health, the, the overall and real health of Jarvis Landry week one and on is extremely important for Higgins case. And part of this too, Mary Kay is you've got to judge you got 16 practice squad guys, and that's something that Mike Prefer pointed out. And look, if you're a special teams coach, of course, right? That's your lifeblood. These guys at the bottom of the roster, uh, who, that, that, you know, there's a lot of churn down there, and you've got to have guys that are ready to go. You have this bigger practice squad, so maybe you could look at a guy like a Damian Ratley uh, and maybe sneak him through to there if, if you want to give that a shot. Or, uh, you know, JoJo Nats and somebody like that. There's, there's maybe some guys – that, that you could take that chance with and say, what we're going to do is we're not going to put you on the 53. But we're going to put you on this practice squad because we know we're going to need you at some point this season. And we want to keep you in our building. Yeah. The 16, the 16 man practice squad factors large in all of this. There are actually not that many guys that have to leave the building and not come back. You know, when you think about 53 and 16, out of the 79 that are there right now, you know, there's, there's just not a lot of guys that you're going to have to say goodbye to. Sorry, we just didn't have a spot for you. Uh, so it, it's not, I don't think cut down day is going to be that catastrophic. It's really just going to be a shell game of figuring out uh, who, you know, how many of this you can have at the receiver position, given what's going on with Jarvis and to a certain extent, Odell. Uh, and how many can you get on the practice squad without somebody swiping them away from you? and that sort of thing. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of guys where we, we are going to be absolutely shocked that they got cut on Saturday. And, and don't forget, there's some of those spots now on the practice squad. You don't, you can have any number of accrued seasons. So you can get some veterans through that maybe otherwise you wouldn't. I don't think there's a lot of candidates for that on this Browns roster. Like you're not going to try and put Jarvis Landry on the practice squad. Uh, but, you know, it is something to keep in mind as we go through this. All right, before we, we shift to running backs, let's do this a little, a little off and on. Uh, a guy we haven't mentioned, one of those special team guys, Taewon Taylor, off or on? You know, every time I look out there, I see him making catches and doing such a nice job out there. And there are times when Jarvis or Odell are not practicing and he's out there with the ones at times. So it's such, he's one of those guys, it's really tough to predict. 
but I think he gets caught up in the numbers game. I, I'm going to say off for right now because, you know, with Damian coming back, I, I think he does bring a lot to the table, even though he's missed all of camp. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say off for now. Ellis? We might have our first disagreement here. I'm going to say on, and it's Mary Kate's for everything you just said. Reps matter, being out there matters, availability matters. And I understand that they are slightly different players and the upside might be more with Damien, but when you see him out there getting those reps and, and, and making the play, you know, catching the ball and doing his job, uh, I think that earns you a roster spot. And we also have to remember, I understand this is a business, but the players with in that locker room know who deserves to be on that 53, that final cut, you know? So if they see a guy do everything he can to make the team and then not get treated fairly, it's not one move that would burn Berea down by any means, but you don't want to start that track record early in the locker room. These players know who earns a spot for the most part. And, and then, you know, that doesn't mean Damian Ratley is, is gone. We just got done talking about the practice squad. That's probably a safe landing spot for him. And, and it's far from goodbye. I'm going to say off. I'm going to say that he's going to be one of those veterans that gets through to the practice squad, though. One of those guys you keep around. And the reason I say off is because Mike Prefer today, when he listed the guys competing at kick return, Taewon Taylor was one of the names he did not mention. He mentioned uh, the obvious choices, Peoples-Jones, JoJo Natson, Dontrell Hilliard, Dearness Johnson, did not mention Taewon Taylor's name at all. Uh, now, maybe he forgot him. That happens. Uh, but I, I, I find that a, l a little interesting. Uh, Damian Ratley. Let's see if we get a disagreement here. Off or on? This one's really hard. Damian Ratley has a polish about him. He has, uh, there, there's just something about him as a receiver that I think is, is worth exploring uh, and worth hanging on to. I don't know if they're going to have the roster spot to be able to do it, and this regime uh, did not draft him. I don't think they drafted him. Uh, nope. was John Dorsey. <laughs> I always forget. Andrew Barry was gone for one year. So sometimes <laughs> I forget, like, you know, was he I, there for that person? I, that? Think, I think AB was around when they drafted Ratley. Yeah. I, yes. I think he was still around when they drafted Ratley, but that, that was a Dorse pick. Yes. But he was there. And I think that is significant, too. Because, you know, when he was around for a guy, then he knows more about him. He knows his background. He knows what he brings to the table. Um, this is a tough call. This is a tough, tough call. Um, I'm going to say on. I'm going to say on right now. I don't know how. I don't know how the hell, heck, sorry, <laughs> family pod. I don't know how the heck he makes it, but I don't know. I I'm going to say on for now. Ellis? I promise this is a tough decision, but because I basically already answered it when I was uh, talking about the, the receivers before, before this one, I'm going to go off. It's such a hard room to figure out. And again, I, these players, I feel like land on the practice squad, they get through and the Browns are able to keep this collection of talent um, because they may, they're probably going to need it later on. I, I just have a feeling that I have a feeling it's on. That, that's kind of my, it's just kind of a gut feeling. I think I'm going to put together my 53 man roster here in the next 24 ish or so hours. And maybe that'll change when I look at those numbers, but yeah, I, yeah Dan, I was going to say, someone's going to listen to this and then read, read the post. And... All right. <laughs> Yeah, put, put, you, put you on Reddit and call you out. <laughs> For some reason, I have a, I have a gut feeling uh, that he's on. I'm not going to ask about Kaderil Hodge. I feel like we all know that he's on, and I think that's just about everybody. Am, am I right with Kaderil Hodge? Everybody's saying that, that Kaderil Hodge makes this roster? Well, I mean, after uh, the high praise that Chad O'Shea gave him last week, which I think was 
the, the highest praise a coach has bestowed upon a player throughout this entire camp. If he doesn't make it after that, uh, then, then I think that would actually almost be bizarre. It was, uh, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, I couldn't agree more in his Week 17 touchdown and since he uh, secured that one already, I think. Yeah, and then again, just that ability to be a, a special teams player. And, and I think yeah. Prefer maybe pounds the table uh, for a guy like him, maybe a guy like Tavier Thomas, uh, guys like that who maybe may or may not contribute on the field a ton uh, with, with their unit. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break. I'm going to tell you about our new sponsor, Keeps, and then we're going to talk about the running backs a little bit uh, right after this on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Guys, listen, when you get up into your 20s and 30s, Sometimes you start to notice those first signs of hair loss, and it feels like panic time because as guys, so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair, from how it feels after you get that fresh cut, I just went to the barber not that long ago, to the way it's perfectly styled before you go out. Let's face it, not every guy is ready to go bald, but thankfully now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Two out of three guys are going to experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35, and the best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have it left. With Keeps, you can get treated from home. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription, but now you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. It's easy. They deliver it every three months, so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines, goodbye to awkward doctor visits. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. Prevention is key, and Keeps treatments typically take between four to six months to see results, so it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. It costs just $10 a month. For a limited time, if you visit our special website, you can get your first month free. You can find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and more than 100,000 men trust Keeps. All you have to do is go to keeps.com slash orange and brown to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash orange and brown. Get that first month free and save your hair. Back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ellis Williams. This is not a position cloaked in mystery, the, the running back position. I do want to bring one thing up here, since, since we have some wiggle room to talk about these running backs. Joe Mixon signs four years, $48 million. Uh, a couple months ago, Derrick Henry, it was about four years and $50 million. Uh, just kind of quick reaction here. If that's the deal the Browns can sign Nick Chubb for after this season, he becomes eligible for an extension after year three. If he's willing to do something in the range of four years or 48, four years or 50 million, are you doing it? Or are you uh, too nervous to pay a running back? You know, I think in the world of analytics, they probably in a perfect world would not want to pay a running back that much. And if they had their positions ranked, I doubt that uh, that running back would merit that kind of money. But I think Nick Chubb is in a little bit of a different category. I think he's almost the face of the franchise for the Cleveland Browns. I think he's done uh, so much for this football team. I think he's such a good runner, such an incredibly good runner, uh, that, that I think he's worth it. And I think they have the money almost maybe kind of set aside for him in a way. They just have to figure out if they can pay Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and how they're going to make that work. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to say yes, do it, and that they would do it. You paying him out? Yeah, this is this is so tough because you know Mary Kay, you just laid out the argument as to you know why they won't. 
outside of the fact, once you get your feelings involved and that Nick Chubb's, a, you know, such an, really an icon in the city. And, you know, you say one bad thing about Nick Chubb on Twitter or, you know, even suggest that Kareem Hunt might be a better football player and uh, Brown's Twitter comes after you. I've, I've learned the hard way a few times. Um, you know what? I, so much of it's going to depend on this year, of course, health considering. Um, I, I'm going to say they don't. I'm going to say they, they don't. It's, it's it, what, what was telling about this regime, and I know it was one draft, but how much their draft board aligned with PFF's rankings. Now, that might, we, we might be here next year, and it might be a completely different board, but they really tell you, they, they play the analytic game, and they're honest to it. They hold themselves to it, and in no analytic world does it say to pay any of these running backs what they're making. I mean, we, we're hearing right now what's going on with Alvin Kamara and the Saints, and by the time you listen to this, maybe they, they land on an extension. But if it's tough sledding out there for a guy like Alvin Kamara, um, who is bigger in person than you probably think he is in real life, just because he has a rep as a shifty back. Um, he's every ounce as good and talented as Christian McCaffrey is when we're talking best running backs in the game. And I put Kareem Hunt on that list too. So it's just tough sledding to be a running back right now. A team will pay both these guys. I just don't think the Browns will be the one to pay both of them. So, yeah, I have that little voice in my head that, that keeps telling me running back contracts never age well, right? There's always a guy every year that's like, you ha that's, you, that's the running back you pay. And then two years later, that guy's on another team. But I, I think I would do it. I think I would give him an extension if it were in that range, uh, that, that Joe Mixon, uh, Derrick Henry range. I think those are the contracts to really look at. Uh, although Joe Mixon is a little more – you know, Chubb is a little more one-dimensional than, than Mixon. Uh, but the, I guess my thinking is you'd get that last year of his rookie contract. You get four years tacked on that. So you'd be paying essentially for prime years. And then if you structured it right, you could probably get out of it pretty easily after the first two or so years of that extension. So really, you'd just be paying for, like, his prime years. And if you have to move on, you have to move on. Um, if, if it works out, if he ends up being that back that should have gotten paid, great. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I would do it. Even yeah. Though, and even though analytics screams, you don't. And like I said, you know, oh, Todd Gurley was the back you were supposed to pay. And now he's gone. And, you know, this, we'll see how Christian McCaffrey's contract ages. We'll see what the, the Giants do with Saquon Barkley. I would imagine he'll get a huge extension too. They never age well, but I think you can manage it because you're paying for highly productive years early in the contract. Yeah, you know, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Mary Kay, go ahead. I think that Andrew Berry marries uh, analytics with uh, good business principles in terms of making sure that players understand uh, that he's going to take care of them, that they're going to be treated right, they're going to understand what the deal is. And I think that, um, you know, organizational chemistry and locker room chemistry matters to him. And I think perception matters to him how you know how they treat players and things like that and because Nick is so important in the community so important to the team one of their own somebody that they drafted someone that should have if they would have been on the ball last year in the finale should have won the title the rushing title um so I I kind of think that that Andrew will want to do right by Nick Chubb and I think he will extend him yeah, Mary Kay, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's something I want to ask both you guys. Um, and I know that the fifth-year option and being a first and second-round pick make this different, but 
do you think at all this is tied in the Browns are, you know, are, are doing well with the cap right now, uh, most in the league, if I'm remembering right. But is, do you think a, a decent percent of this is tied to if they see themselves, you know, dishing out big money for both Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward? You know, they're all connected. Or do you think because you can push that a year down, their, their performance, Denzel's performances here, we can just keep it on Denzel, isn't going to affect as really what they decide on Nick Chubb? Which, which think, side would you guys fall there? I mean, I think because you can extend that rookie contract, you would essentially have two more years on those rookie deals and then you right. tack the extension onto that because um, you're trying to control these guys for as long as possible. I don't think it would impact that as much. And to be honest with you, I think it's really easy to sit and worry about the salary cap and to an extent you do. But another thing we kind of learn over and over again in the NFL is if you're at least smart about structure and, and you know, how you kind of do things, you can play some games with the salary cap. And yeah. you know, we see teams that go into an offseason with no cap room, and then they manage to extend, like, all their key free agents somehow. Like Kansas City. I mean, look what they've been able to do. And that, and that was a team that was supposed to be capped out. So, you know, a, a team as analytically driven as the, as the Browns should be able to kind of finagle that salary cap and work that salary cap. So, so this stuff doesn't become a problem, at least, you know, within the next year or two. Yeah, and I think that um, that they are smart about that. That's why you'll see them not paying linebackers. So they'll take money that you would have normally most teams would pay to a Joe Schobert, and they'll turn around perhaps and maybe give it to a Nick Chubb where it's not going to necessarily fit your analytics profile or model, but it will make sense to you in many other ways just in terms of team harmony, chemistry, and, and those sorts of things. Uh, the other thing to consider in all of this, of course, and we won't go too deeply into this, but no one really knows exactly uh, quite for sure how the uh, revenue shortfall is going to impact things over the next three years or so. What you thought you might be able to do, maybe you can't do anymore. Uh, fortunately for the Browns, they all went to Harvard in that front office and uh, they will be able to figure out the cap. And they have financial backgrounds too. Andrew Barry was going to go to Wall Street and uh, Quasey. Yeah, uh, but I was actually working in finance, so uh, there's a lot of financial backgrounds there as well uh, in, in that front office. Um, look, it's a good problem to have, though. When's the last time we've we've looked at Brown's draft picks and had to say, "Gosh, how, how much are they going to have to pay that guy?" As opposed to when, when can they move on from that guy? Uh, let, let's talk about the rest of that running back room. It, it's really mostly about Dontrell Hilliard and Dearness Johnson. Um, it might come down to which one of those guys, again, that special teams thing. So uh, of those two guys, and then we are going to spend a little bit of time on the fullback before we go, but of those two guys, as far as the halfback room, uh, who's, who's your third that you're going to keep? You know what? That, that's kind of a tough call. I mean, in some ways it's almost six of one, half a dozen of the other, really. Um, I know, I mean, boy, Stump Mitchell last year used to rave and rave about Dontrell Hilliard, right? I mean, and Stump is still here. So we know that he really likes him a lot. Uh, I, I think that it, it could be either one of those guys, and I'm not 100% certain which one this regime likes better, but um, it, it almost seems like they're sort of interchangeable in some ways. Yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Dontrell Hilliard. Um, just watching Baker film for the story I've been working on, I, I forgot how much he was on the field last year with in Kareem Hunt's absence. He was really the passing down back, third down back. Um, and not that he played spectacular, but he definitely was not 
a reason they were losing games and having negative plays, not blowing pass blocking assignments. And in a year where there's no preseason games, that tape matters. So I'll, I'll go Dontrell Hilliard. Mary Kay mentioned the, the backing of your position coach. That is such an endorsement when it comes down to these, you know, splitting hairs decisions. So that combined with last year, um, I'll take Hilliard. I'm going to go with Dearnest. Uh, I actually, again, you, you have to be careful looking at stuff like this, but I, I was impressed with what I saw with him on Sunday. Uh, you know, he got some some carries in that scrimmage or whatever you want to call it when, when they went into that scrimmage session and looked good. Everybody saw that photo of him jumping into the dog pound. Um, I think I'm going to go with Dearness Johnson. Maybe there's somebody there that they're going to put on this roster that we don't know about. That we just haven't gotten a chance to see yet because there hasn't been uh, a preseason game. Return of the fullback, too, this year. We have to talk about that. I don't know if I'd call it a fullback battle. I, I feel like it's Andy Janovich's job. Uh, they traded for him. They brought him in. Uh, he's, he's kind of been the guy. We haven't gotten to see him on full display yet. Uh, but the interesting thing, again, is Johnny Stanton has that background in Minnesota. That's where he, he actually transitioned to a fullback and, and kind of learned some of the trades. So if nothing else, you know, you probably put him on the practice squad. But any chance they keep both guys? Uh, on the 53 I, it doesn't seem likely but anybody want to make that claim you know I'm going to say no on that I, I do think that like you said one of them one of them could end up on the practice squad that seems more likely to me I, I just don't I just don't see them uh, needing two fullbacks and there and there are some times when I don't even need, see that they would need one. <laughs> and, and I say that only because I feel like you might be able to get that job accomplished in another way uh, by possibly using Kareem Hunt or a tight end or something like that at times. Uh, so I don't know, I, I see that as a way of maybe manipulating the numbers a little bit and trying to find somebody else that can do so much more than just that and keeping that guy. Uh, but, I think if anything, they would at least keep maybe Andy. Yeah, one thing that no preseason games is making difficult is tracking things like the long snapper battle. And Scott Paschal's been all over this. Uh, that is probably the only way Stanton makes his team. I don't have an update there. It would be pretty neat, honestly, to see a team keep two fullbacks. Uh, but Again, I have no idea how the long snapping battle, battle, if it is one, is going, but that would be the route. And Mary Kay, I think you make a really good point about how the fullback, though vital, is replaceable within this offense. Harrison Bryant, Kareem Hunt, to name a few. Um, this team's got options when it comes to play action passing and finding a quote-unquote fullback in the flats. Well, I, I can promise you that, that Charlie Hewlett is not going anywhere. Is he the longest tenured Brown at this point? I think so. I'm looking right now. He's six years in. Betonio would be the only. Betonio actually, I think, has a year on him. Uh, they've got they've got Hewlett listed as six years, and Betonio is going into year seven. Okay. Um, so I, th I thought Hewlett had been around a little longer, but he, pre he predates me here just just by a little bit. <laughs> just, just by, by a little bit. Just by a little. Uh, and and Ellis, there aren't many guys that can make that claim with all the turnover <laughs> that always happens on this <laughs> roster. I will say this though. Spotted at practice was Johnny Stanton doing some work as a long snapper, and that's something that he kind of did a, a little bit of. I'm trying to remember. I, I talked to him in May, and he told me when he practiced long snapping. I don't remember if it was in college or, or in the NFL. It might have been both. Um, and then also Harrison Bryant was doing some emergency long snapping. So that's a that's a, one of those positions that you've got to keep an eye on because, you know, Charlie Hewlett wakes up on a on a Sunday morning suddenly some kind of test comes back or he's, he's got a high temperature or something like that. And they've got to keep him at home. Uh, 
now you got to have somebody be your long snapper. So maybe that's how Johnny Stanton at least sticks around uh, on the practice squad. Yeah, real quick, Dan, this might be a, a – this is probably a pod for another time, but how much – how infatuated do you think Kevin Stefanski is with Harrison Bryant? I was not aware of that long snapping uh, nugget you gave us there. He raved about him uh, during availability, I think, two days ago, just about how prepared he is. And then he's a, you know, he's a former offensive tackle in high school. It just – that seems to be right in Stefanski's wheelhouse, a guy that can do three different things and probably go play basketball with you later too. You know, the other thing about the Harrison Bryant love, it almost seems, and I could be wrong about this, but some of it seems like designed in some ways to get David Njoku to kind of get with the program a little bit more, up his game a little bit more, change something. I, I don't know. There, there just seems to be a method to the madness. Njoku had a pretty good day on Sunday, if, if you want to connect some of those dots there. <laughs> he had a pretty good game. Yeah, Bryant, Bryant is really impressive. Um, and you know, I, I got a chance to write about him. He was a pretty good basketball player, apparently, at go. John Millage Academy. Um, so he's got, he's got that going for him as well. I bet you didn't think that we were going to have a long snapper talk here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, but we did. We're checking all those boxes. We've got a couple more positions that we're going to get to tomorrow, but we will save that all for tomorrow. Make sure you are subscribed, of course, wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us five-star ratings, leave us good reviews. As I always say, we love to see that feedback and get involved in Football Insider. Text 216-208-3965. You can start that 14-day free trial as soon as you text that number. So for Ellis and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.